7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabi Somosia. Thank you, Greg, and uh, good evening, and thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM uh, Spot On. Tabi Somosia is me, and Katlecho Mudiba is uh, producing uh, tonight. And uh, this evening, we're going to look back at the Springboks' win over Argentina, which secured the rugby championship title and has continued to raise expectations ahead of the Rugby World Cup. We were hoping to speak to the box, but as they told us a few months back, they don't uh, do radio interviews. Uh, So we tried again today, but got the same answer, so I guess uh, radio listeners are not their target market then or are not good enough to be Springbok fans but the show must go on so Winona Lowe will speak to us uh, she's agreed to talk to us and look back at the rugby championship we are also going to have a conversation with the interim director of cricket at Cricket SA I hope I've got this right that's Mr. Corey Fansale following the appointment of Inokungwe as interim Proteas coach or team director as they call them these are days he will take us through that process and the thinking there there's been a lot of reaction ever since this announcement was uh, made and uh, then we are continuing celebrating Women's Month as we've been doing throughout the month of August and will continue to do so right until the end of the month. And tonight we will speak to one of our very own here at the SABC, Mpoli Tolonyane. She's, um, she, she's a TV anchor, sports anchor. She also does radio and she'll talk to us about what it takes to make it in this industry because we get a lot of emails on a regular basis, especially from women, young women who want to get into the sport broadcasting industry. So we thought uh, let's bring in Mpo just to uh, help us understand what it takes to make it here, what the challenges are and what the requirements are to be able to make it in this male-dominated industry. So if you are one of those aspiring women in sport, please join our conversation when we speak to Mpo Litsolonyane. You can call us on 891 if you have any questions for her. We also take SMSs on 41391. And for those on social media, you can tag us at SAFM Radio and we're using the hashtag SAFM spot on. But first up, we're going to talk cricket with uh, Mr. Corey Fansale. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. So let's talk cricket then. Lots been going on as far as Cricket SA is concerned and also around the Proteas, of course. And the acting director of Cricket SA, Mr. Corey Fansale, joins us on the line. Corey, good evening and thanks again for uh, being available to speak to us on SAFM. Problem to be so. Thank you. It's been a busy few days, uh, Corey. Now that the dust is settling a bit, are you satisfied with all the decisions made? Yes, uh, to be so. I am very satisfied. Um, you know, uh, specifically um, the, the the announcement of the team director uh, being in Okinawa. Um, I think his record speaks for itself. Um, so yeah, very very happy with the decision. And and what did the board and CSA see in Inek that sees him get the nod, Corey? Just say that again, Tabisa. I'm saying uh, what what was the motivation behind giving uh, Inok this position for now? Well, at the moment, um, that that um, decision lay with me as the acting director of cricket, mm-hmm. um, and we needed to look at um, you know an interim coach, um, and and then also at a at a person that would. You know, would fit in with the uh, with with a team that's got the personality, um, that has got the performance um, as a coach, um, that would have the credibility, that would have um, you know just the respect of the players. And I think um, Enoch picks all those boxes. Um, you know, and, and it's it's proven in the way that he's that he's gone in the last year, where he was uh, the head coach of the MSL teams, where. He, we MSL team we had to work with some some international players like Chris Gale mm. um, and uh, Daniel Christian and 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 did excellent you know so uh, again we are very happy that his style um, and his performance you know fits um, what we are looking for. Well, it doesn't get tougher than going to India on your first assignment. What then will be the expectations on on Inok uh, uh, for for this series? Yeah, for I this don't tour. think coaching. I don't think coaching international cricket is uh, at, at, will ever be um, an easy task. Um, so, uh, but but yes, going to India is going to be um, a, a tougher. And I can relate. Um, I had a similar um, similar role when I when I got the interim um, mm. head coach position back in 2010, and it was similar. So, um, understand what it's about. But um, again. 
um, if if he's got the confidence. The mandate will be obviously uh, Kabisu to 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 win the the series. You know, um, you know the I the, the test uh, the test championship starts with uh, in, in India, mm. so that is a very important um, um, you know assignment. Um, and and then at any any international series like the T20 series is always going to be important. So the mandate is always for him to be, um, um, you know, to be winning. Um, I think our fans out there also demand a winning team. So um, it's clear what the mandate is, um, and uh, therefore Enoch was meant to to assist us in that. Does it become an audition for the job? If he, if it does well, will he be considered for a permanent position? Yeah, listen. We're going to advertise the position of the team director, and and obviously, um, you know, whether we do well or don't do well, he still um, will still. I'm sure he will still apply for the for the position. But uh, you can only, uh, I think, you can only enhance his uh, chances, um, and you know, on this tour. There has been some criticism, though, Corey, from certain corners about um, why the likes of Paul Adams, Mark Boucher, or Eshel Prince were overlooked despite achieving similar to Enoch. How do you respond to that? Um, you know, you're never going to um, satisfy everybody, um, and, 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 and some of the, the peoples will have um, justification for some of their comments because all those coaches that you've just mentioned are good coaches and have done really well. Um, but um, for us and, and what we are trying to achieve in this tour, we believe that Enoch is the, is the right fit. And um, so we're not saying that any other coach is not um, good enough um, or can't apply for the, for, the, for the team director role when it gets advertised. Um, but that is the, the call um, Cricket South Africa made well and, and me as acting director had to make. Talking about the, the, the job now being advertised of the team a director, uh, does it mean that a guy like Otis Gibson or even Malibongo Maketa can still apply or reapply for their jobs? Absolutely. Everybody is, um, any, anybody can apply. So, um, obviously, if you've got the credentials and the, and the qualifications, um, anybody can apply. So, um, you know, if they want to apply for that, um, I'm, I'm sure they will. You know, a guy like Malabongwe Moketa, you know, I would expect a, a person like him to apply for, for, for an important role like that because I also believe that he's a, he's a quality coach. Okay, there are two positions there, just to get clarity, Corey. There's director mm-hmm. of cricket, which you are acting at the moment, and then yes. there's team director. Are you yes. filling up those at the same time? Do you need to appoint no, 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 the no. director of cricket first? No. So, so we're going to we're going to start with the team director. Um, uh, firstly, I think the national convener of selection um, that will it will go out very shortly if it hasn't gone out today. Mm-hmm. So we'll fill that position. Then the team director will will follow, and then um, and then the uh, director of cricket. So the team director um, effectively is your is your head coach of of the past. Um, and then, and then, once that is in position, the uh, the director of cricket role will also be advertised. So the team director doesn't have to be appointed by the director of cricket. Um, it does, it does, but uh, but the, 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 I think the acting director of cricket in myself uh-huh. um, can be is will be in a position to to appoint that um, that, that team director. Because the, the director, you know, the team director post will be, or the, the process will be a transparent process. It will go through the normal uh, Cricket South Africa um, 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 appointment processes. So it's not just the team director that has the call, but, an, uh, um, you know, an interview panel. Um, but the team director will definitely have, uh, the acting director of cricket will definitely have a say in, in the, the appointment of that person. Okay, so what is then, what will you be looking for in the team director, which becomes the coach? What are the requirements? Well, a person that firstly um, has a a knowledge of of cricket, a very intimate knowledge of professional cricket, that that understands uh, um, high performance, um, putting high performance systems in place within a team environment, um, you remember the director of cricket will be looking at the overall high performance and, and, and system 
but the team director will be responsible for the team itself. Um, so, and, and must be um, a person that has that ability, that has a respect for players, can bring a the best out of of, of team, um, understands what it takes to prepare a team um, for world for world events. So, those are the type of uh, you know um, um, attributes that we will we're looking for in a in a team director. And so it's not just the yeah. ability to coach; it's the ability to manage players, manage the environment. Um, and drive uh, and drive excellence within the team environment. And coaching qualifications? The qualifications for that level of coach must be around a, a level four qualification. You know, um, so so that would be a, a, a definite advantage, level mm-hmm. three four qualification, or a similar um, qualification um, around the world. You know, because there might be international coaches that will apply as well. And then, what do you look for in the director of cricket then? So the director of cricket, that will be a CEO, chief executive's appointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the director of cricket will be more a person that is, this is more of an administrative role, more of a strategic role, um, looking at the entire pipeline, um, not just focused on the on the national team. That is the role of the team director. Um, but but look at how everything now um, um, fits into each other. You must remember that the director of cricket will now have also reporting into into him or her the national women's team the convener of selection um and your pathways your your cricket pathway of cricket pathways so he has to have or he or she has to have a very holistic and strategic view of where cricket in south africa is going to go and on that note yes okay no clear and on that note cory m how would you describe the state what state would you say coach otis gibson has left the team in I think Otis has done a really good job. Um, you know, he's, if you look at his, um, his, his um, apart from the World Cup, you know, um, performance, mm. um, his win ratio was was very good. So I I I, I believe that he's um, left the team in a in a good state. Um, you know, it's um, and 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 from now on, it's it's for the next uh, next coach team director to to take that to the next level and. And get that elusive ICC event, you know, that that the, the one that we're all looking for. And what's the direction that cricketers say it will be taking with this team? Because it's been hit by retirement now of some senior members of the team. Are you looking at a four-year plan? Absolutely. I mean, that's part of the, the director of cricket's uh, um, directive that he leads to look at what is the four-year plan going to uh, 2023. Um, in fact, we have already uh, put a plan together for for the board's consideration, um, and then how does the, the national team performance plan fit into that? Um, so yes, we 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 you know we we have those plans, and and, and you know I, we have we have seen the the the, the, the retirements of of Dale in, in red ball cricket, of Hashim in in white in, in all formats. But if you look at the core of the national team, they are youngsters, um, exciting youngsters, and I think a, a lot of youngsters coming through. Um, and 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 you know, I I believe that the the the, the, the future for South African cricket is still very very much um, a uh, positive one. And while we have you, I uh, saw so today a statement being released that there's a spin camp coming up in India in Bengaluru. You've selected some players and are coaching yeah. staff. I know it's not the first one. They've been these camps over the years. Have they been beneficial over the years? Are you seeing results? Absolutely. I mean, if you take yourself back to um, to Tienes de Brains 100 that he scored, remember that yes, that, yes, uh, yes, yes. that partnership between him and Temba Bavuma. Um, although in the last cause there was a really good partnership which gave us some hope and 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 Tim, and, and Kenneth the brain attributed that to uh to the spin camp that he was on the previous year so um and 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 we've seen spinners and batters alike um really benefit from uh from the spin camp and and this is sort of preparing us not just for the SAA tour and then the SAA tour is also leading into the national team tour so there's there's this um there's three programs that hopefully was going to now contribute to uh, to the national team at the end of the day having success in India. And who are the some of the guys that you've earmarked this this year this time around? 
Uh, for the spin camp? Yes. Oh, so 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 uh, players like uh, Temba Babuma wanted to go again, so he's going there again. He wants to prepare for for the test match. Aidan Markham um, is going there, and then there is a, a few of the younger players going there as well as some of our younger spinners. But those two um, players, especially, um, are you know preparing preparing for uh, preparing for the test matches. Mm. And I see you've also got Russell Domingos, part of the coaching staff, and Eshel Prince. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so we always take uh, the um, the SAA coach and and a batting coach to you know with um, and and try and bring some of the franchise coaches and get them involved in in the high performance program. So, um, yeah, that's part of the strategic thinking within the high performance environment. Okay, Christoph, Corey, thank you for some clarity and for some insight you've given us tonight, and uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for you for chatting to me. Thanks to Bishop. Thank you, Acting Director of Cricket SA. So there you have it then, explaining the reasoning to appoint Inokungwe as a coach. It was his, says it was his decision on the back of his performances and uh, just what he's done over uh, the years and how he's been able to handle big name players like the likes of uh, Chris Gale. And by the way, Inokungwe was a pro too. He played professional cricket for the Lions. A lot of people felt that he was destined for greater things as a player, but uh, injuries cut um, cut aspirations short and then he turned into coaching and uh, he's really really done well um, with the Lions there they rate him very highly reminds me of that first season uh, that Jeffrey Toyana had where uh, so much was expected and said about him and uh, all the best then to Inokongwe who is uh, going to India with the Proteas as the interim uh, team director while uh, they still look to appoint somebody on a permanent uh, basis for the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. Let's turn our attention to rugby now, where the Springboks won the rugby championship for the first time since uh, Argentina came into this uh, tournament. It was a shortened uh, version of the rugby championship because of the World Cup this year, but expectations have definitely been uh, raised now. And Wainona Lowe from the Independent Media Group joins us on the line just to get her thoughts on what's transpired so far and looking ahead to the World Cup. Wainona, good evening again from us on SAFM. Thank you very much for speaking to us. Great. Thanks for having me. Well, I've already mentioned that expectations have certainly been raised now after what's happened in this rugby championship. But firstly, for you, what's pleased you the most from the box during this campaign? Jeez, I think um, obviously we're in a very different space in words like compared to two years ago. Mm. I mean, I think it's just obviously, you know, just the way the guys have stepped up. I mean, going into the rugby championship, we all, of course, spoke about how, you know, you can't overemphasize this. The World Cup is the biggest trophy or the most important trophy that you're after. But I think just how, you know, in terms of play, that massive draw against New Zealand, the thrashing of Argentina, I think just the depth in this squad is the one thing that really impressed me. Um, you know, it's gotten to the point where I don't think you can easily name an A, an a or B side anymore when it comes to the Springboks. Mm. So just that depth, how the younger guys have stepped up, and also some of the tactics we've seen from the Springboks. Of course, also just, you know, um, going up against New Zealand, um, Argentina's always, you know, a dark horse. You know, just those performances. She was stepped up when it mattered, and even some of the individual spells and tactically superb. So as a whole, the growth in this team, the depth, and, you know, just, just how the guys have been performing, you know, when it really mattered. I think that's been massive. I was about to ask, how much of the credit does it does it go to the coach or how much of it does it go to the players? Or is it a, is, is, is it, is it a teamwork, as they say? Look, I think it's, it's maybe in a weird way, kind of a, a chicken and the egg kind of situation. <laughs> eh? um, but obviously, if you look at, you know, I think that, you know, you needed the proper coach or the right coach to enable these guys. But at the same time, if you just look at, you know, um, kind of like the the rule on the overseas based players or the city cap rule that's been mm. that's been removed. Stuff like that that previous coaches like Alex Alice you know, didn't really have certainly added to the pool of depth and the available players that we have. But I think, you know, the guys I've bought in and it's also just you've seen it's it's kind of like the vest back in that team, the joy, you know, just that candy attitude. So I think it does go both ways. But also you do need someone who will, you know, kind of bring the best out of players. And I think in that 
sense Russia has succeeded. But definitely, you know, credit goes both ways, or it should at least. And if we had to look at the room for improvement, I know the lineups came under scrutiny after the drawing in, in, in Wellington. Is that still a concern? Are there areas of concern for you? I think for me, especially in the game against Argentina, it's just, you know, obviously the Argies were bullied in that game. But I think the one area that to me was still a bit bleak, perhaps, was their exit play. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few times where Dwayne from Milan, for example, was still caught isolated, do you understand? So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, that's something that can be fixed. And it's, it's also, if you look at, for example, maybe um, still that the aerial game where we looked at maybe earlier this year or last year still with the defense and our wingers were exposed out wide. That has been a big step up. But just to me, those exits, and then also, I get that, you know, Faf is obviously playing on the instruction and all of that. But when it comes to the execution of our box kicks, the hang time, and the ultimately, ultimately the efficiency thereof, I think the exits and just, you know, that tactical awareness and those box kicks are things that I do think, you know, we can still be exposed with regards to that. Some tougher position. So, but mostly I think those two are the, were the key, you know, standouts for me when it comes to work on there are still two more games to play for the box, Wainona. How many places do you still uh, do you think are still up for grabs in that World Cup squad? Jeez, I think. Listen, it's with. It's, I was massively, massively impressed with you know that entire front row. That's basically yeah. our first and our second front rows, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> you know, a guy like Trevor, massive, massive performance, and I think you know he's starting to solidify that he could be our starting tight end. Um, you know, with number nine, for example, Fuff is, of course, still going to be, you know, the first choice to come off going to the World Cup. But a guy like Gershel Yankees is really making tough him, you know, it, it's not as, uh, to still see Fuff as the incumbent, he will be this year still, but going forward, that could change. I think just it's, you know, the, the loose trio, maybe, um, mm-hmm. not so much, you know, number seven, and number eight, but definitely number six. You know, Quach has been good, but as he proved himself to be a test flank or test um, number six, to put it that way. You know, then there's still Sia Khaleesi coming back. There's still the likes of Masol Kutsi and Francia Lowe in the frame who are massive, ma- massive when it comes to the breakdown. So I think also, you know, can Sia play at seven? He can. He's not an out-and-out feature. So I think the only figuring out still to do or the big point that needs to be figured out is that loose trio. Dwayne's kind of, you know, locked down that number eight spot. Whiteley is not going to be fit for the World Cup. So basically the rotation or what's going to be done at number six and seven are the major concerns. I would also say fullback. I do not feel Valina Rio has done enough, you know, in this championship or this campaign to solidify or justify spot there. And then also, you know, big talking point will probably always be our centres, inside centre in particular. But I do feel that Damien de Allen has done enough in that regard. You mentioned Scrum Off. I'm, I'm really fascinated by what, what will happen at Scrum Off. I mean, Ivan Fancel and Ambrose Pampril uh, not too long ago had been seen as the backups for Faf, but Herschel yeah. Janchis has certainly booked his tickets and Kobas Reinach brings a wealth of experience and good form from overseas. And then there's Cheslin Kolbe, who <laughs> showed uh, that he could also do something at nine if given a, a chance. How do you see this one panning out? No, definitely. Nick Mallet must have enjoyed that one. I was Cheslin doing so well there. He said it before. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, certainly. Look, I think, uh, I, as I said earlier, Faf's still going to be the incumbent, you know, just purely based on obviously not necessarily current form. But, you know, we know he can be quality number nine. We know the experience he brings. We know how he can get, you know, the box going if he steps up on the day. But, you know, looking at Herschel, I think that is a non-negotiable. Obviously, if he something major needs to happen for that guy not to make the World Cup squad. Um, so I think our number one and our number two scrum are kind of, you know, locked down for now. Clovis Reina, I would have, you know, is I think he, obviously, Rusty could have a look at him this weekend. Um, and even like you mentioned, you know, he, he comes with great form. He comes with massive, massive experience. Um, and it's just almost sad, you know, to see a guy like Empress Sapir just having kind of disappeared. Because this guy was the unofficial number nine, you know, mm. after Faf, the, or the unofficial number two, number nine, after Faf <laughs> last year. And I just think, you know, major mismanagement at the Bulls this year or this season has really cost him in that regard. And it's tough for a guy to, you know, prove himself or 
you know, even be a candidate for a certain position if he doesn't get sufficient game time. But I think at the moment, as we said, definitely Faf and Herschel. I think the guy's a big future. And if you consider the fact that last year, this time, he was still playing Curry Cup. In fact, he wasn't even the starting scrum off at Western Province of the Stormers. You know, he was behind the likes of, of Yannifer Mark and not exactly aid of someone like Justin Phillips. So just the way that, you know, he's composed himself and he's, he's taken the pressure and he's performed under that pressure has been massive. And in many ways, he has done way, way better than Faf, you know, especially for a guy of his age and his lack of experience, if you want to call it that. Mm, and I remember you wrote a wonderful piece about uh, Heschel Yanchis there, so you're probably not surprised by his rise. What about Bongim Bonambi? Does he have another two games to push Malcolm Marx for the starting bet? I think that Bonge is, if you, it's, it's, you know, it's a funny thing. If you look at, you know, Malcolm Marks, of course, brings, you know, um, is, you know, everything he does away from the set piece. You know, he carries his breakdown work. Basically, he's playing the loose. But Bonge is perhaps a better hooker. You know, if you, if you look at the position-specific um, basics, to put it that way, I think Bongi's also grown massively in terms of, you know, his line-out work. And it's kind of a touch-and-go thing because, like, what do you go for? Jonathan, do you, like, bring someone mm-hmm. in? Do you go for someone like Malcolm Marks? You can get your head in terms of, you know, getting those steals at the racks or, you know, producing those big carries or some, but it might not exactly fire at the lineup all the time. You know, Bongi also hasn't been, you know, 100% accurate in that department, but he's really done well. And when it comes to his lineup execution, he has done better than Malcolm I think, you know, it's it's promising for South Africa to have, you know, that kind of depth again and with a guy like Malcolm and a guy like Bongi. And we still have someone like Akka van der Marwe, you know, behind the scenes in the background. Mm-hmm. Seems like everybody's kind of forgotten about him. <laughs> but um, definitely Bongi is, you know, someone, and especially how he went in that front row. And he's also picked up his, his work in the loose massively. Yeah? Like, you see his breakdown work, him going for those racks, and even just, you know, it's his work on defense, he's scary. So I think it's obviously Malcolm might bring that bit of X factor. But Bong has also shown that it can carry you through. I'm not sure exactly which game it was now, but where, you know, he had to show nerves of steel. And he aced, you know, his, his lineup work in those last 20 minutes. And he can also start. Malcolm, perhaps you can say he's more of an, you know, an impact player, but it, it wouldn't be bizarre for me to rush you to you know, or at the end of the day, go with Bongi because he does deserve it. And if you look at his primary duties, I think he beats Malcolm B. Okay, we've got Jusia who's called in. He wants to talk rugby. Jusia, good evening. Uh, good evening, Tabis, and good evening to your guest. Um, Tabis, so firstly, I want to congratulate uh, the box. Um, um, before, when 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 the coach was named, I was I was not happy because he now I'd say he had two positions: was the director of rugby. And now he was a Springbok, or he's a Springbok coach. So to me, it, it did not sit well. But I'm, I'm, but I'm very happy with him now. He can hold this <laughs> position forever. I don't care as long as we are winning. Then to me, it's fine. He can hold both positions. Um, I'm very worried about Faf. Um, maybe he he might be playing according to instructions, but I sometimes we lose the ball too easily because of the box kicks. Um, and, and 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 if 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 you see um Hessel when he comes, the only thing that it does is to pass and check the gaps. That's the only thing it does. And and, and it's working. So to me to say Ufaf is guaranteed uh, the first choice, um um it, it might be a huge mistake because Ufaf Uhesel might take that position and he's going to take that position. Let me put my head on the block. <laughs> um I'm worried about I'm also worried about the um, the first center or number twelve. Um because the both our first centers, which is um Utielindi and Frank Stein, they both are the, the uh, they, they are the same players because they, they take the ball and put it underneath if it's the roll on and then they go and you hardly see who um or who krill um having the ball and and you will see that the the their job now is to defend and defend and defend and defend and that's the problem i wish we can utilize um our our second center and our wings because you 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 find it that our wings now are 
don't get the ball and are, are, are always defending in our, our second center. So, the, okay. so that's the problem. Got you, Juicy. Yeah, sure. Thank you for, for that. I think you and Wainona do agree on certain issues there. Um, Wainona, I mentioned that expectations are now high. The odds on the box will short, certainly shorten for the World Cup. Are they now real contenders? No, I think they kind of always were. I think if you look at it, it's, it's obviously this is arguably the most World Cup ever. And even the Australians, you know, everybody kind of wrote off mm. <laughs> towards the end of last year, beginning of this year, on our, you know, coming through. I think the box are certain contenders, and I do think that, you know, when it comes to lifting that web Ellis Cup, I think they have a great, great chance. I do think it's going to come down to, you know, just stepping up when it matches, acing those big games. And I think failure to do that is the only thing that can prevent this box side from actually going all the way. Um, so, yeah, it, it might sound too patriotic, but I definitely think we are seeing the Springboks in the final. And if they can have a go or produce a kind of performance and just, you know, keep that composure like they did at times in the championship, then definitely. Finally, your thoughts on New Zealand? Is there a need to panic for those All Black supporters there in Cape Town? Or does uh, Steve Hansen know what he's doing and has this under control? Facebook's in quiet, eh? From the, from the Cape Crusaders <laughs> and the Cape All Blacks. <laughs> um, no, I think, listen, I think if there's one thing the All Blacks know how to do is come back with a bang, to use a, a cliche. But I don't think too much can be read into this. Yes, obviously, if you look at that table, for example, the rugby championship log, when last have we seen the All Blacks produce a negative points difference? I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, it's kind of unheard of, and the box has this impressive one, but I do think too much is perhaps being read into it. It's still going to come down to, again, you know, how they're going to step up at the World Cup. The, these, I mean, this team has depth, and yes, there were certain experiments that didn't exactly work out, you know, like for example with Bowden Barrett being at 15 and all that, but again, mm. it was exactly that experiment and was experimenting in crucial positions. So I do think too much of that's been read into this, but also I guess, you know, maybe maybe the world like deserves this. It's not often or it's rare that we see this kind of performance or, you know, these kind of results from the All Blacks. So it's kind of natural that people will, you know, maybe tap into that a bit too much. But to answer your question, no. I, I do not think this is an accurate reflection of the kind of team they are. And I do think it's going to be a very different beast, the box meet in their World Cup opener come next month. Great stuff, Wainana. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I know there from the Independent Media Group, also IOL. Do check out uh, some of her stuff, uh, usually in the Star or in the Cape August or online. They're very passionate about her rugby. And uh, who's this? Uh, Vincent Mtombe. And he says, my biggest concern will be Makazole's positioning on defense. Should we give him a go or bring back Boo? Yeah. Tough one. i got to say, though, for me, Pimps has been uh, probably one of the best wings in the country uh, this year, if you look at what he did in Super Rugby. Let's also go to a voice note. We've got one that's come through about cricket and rugby. Evening, Tabizo and listeners. I think the system that is being tried by, by Saro, by, no, by uh, Cradles South Africa, is one that is being used by Saro, where uh, we don't, they don't have a, a coach. But the director of rugby. So I think if this system works, and then we have to be forced to to follow the system and then see if it it works. And then at the end of the day, Bafana Bafana will be you will be forced also under suffer to use the same system as it. It seems the cricket the selectors selection team is not doing what it's supposed to do. And even sometimes we get a coach that is not supported by the whole South Africa. So. I think the new thing that has been done by Saru to get Rasi as a director of rugby and now he's just won the uh, championship rugby after so many years. So I think Cricket South Africa must be supported in what they are trying to do and then at the end of the day we'll support them. I think you decision to learn from what they 
Thank you, Tulani. I knew that sooner or later it was going to come down uh, to Bafana, Bafana there, and it certainly uh, did. But thank you for that voice note, uh, Tulani. And then next, we are going to speak to Mpoli Tolonyana. I did mention that we're still celebrating Women's Month. We uh, spoke to our, um, a few of the women in sport last week, including Ubukiwe Nonina, including the referee, uh, Amy Barrett Terron. Uh, we had Zanelam Dodan as our guest on Flashback Fridays, the former Proteus Netball captain, by the way. That podcast is up. Uh, if you missed out on that conversation, she was in tears here on Friday, Uzanele. And we want to find out from Mpo basically what does it take to make it in this male-dominated industry? What are the challenges? And also trace back uh, her journey. I've already uh, seen a couple of tweets here. There was one from Tabu Ma- Tato Majola who says... Uh, Fantastic lineup. I remember listening to Mpo on YFM years ago. Please ask her how she managed to make the transition from youth radio to a wide-ranging broadcasting career and also her favorite memory in sport. So, Tato, showing us your age there, but you're going to ask Mpo. We're going to get to her now. At SFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. So then let's welcome one of our own here at the SABC. And uh, when we thought of people to speak to, have a conversation with, she was top of the uh, list from me and the producers. Uh, so great minds, as they say, think alike. And Pauli Tolunyana joins us on the line. And Paul, good evening. Thank you very much for finding the time to speak to us. Greetings and thank you for having me. Thank you for putting me on the top of your list. Thank I am honored. <laughs> you deserve it. Thank you. We've <laughs> called you here to give us a sneak peek of the broadcasting industry from your perspective as a leading woman in this field. We get a lot of emails and point tweets from women looking to get into the industry. I'm sure you do too. Yes. How do you respond yes. to those? Oh, it, it, it always depends on what the person wants. You know, that's why whenever I do get DMs or I get emails, I always say to people, please get to the point of what it is that you want to say because we get so many emails. So if you're going to start off with a hi and then expect a hi, how are you? <laughs> it, it just makes the whole person very tedious. So get to the point of what it is that you want. You know, we get a ranging one from I want to be in sport but not in broadcasting. What must I study? I want to be in broadcasting. What must I study? Um, you know, I want to become a sports scientist. What must I do? So it, it's always ranging and I'm liking the fact that um, ladies want to get into sport but not just behind the camera or behind the mic, you know. That was actually going to be my next question because I wanted to say that I get a lot of of, of ladies wanting to be behind the mic or wanting to uh, uh, present, but there are other opportunities out there. There's lots and lots of opportunities. I mean, this year I'm going to be hosting my third Women in Sports Sessions, which basically was my brainchild in terms of trying to get women to understand that being in sport is not just about being on the field, being behind the mic or being behind the camera, you know, or in front of the camera. Mm. There's so much to do with regards to being in sport. So I'm, I'm liking that slowly but surely women are, are, are getting um, into that idea of sport is vast, man. You know, the men have been doing it, so they kind of have an idea. But even then, with, with my sessions being called Women in Sport, I still get guys who say, I need help too. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, for those not aware, I mean, how did you get your break? How did you get into this industry? Oh. <laughs> I always say that I owe my sports career to Bridget Mafinga. Um, You know, oh, I, I was wow. listening to you a bit earlier on talking about Tato saying he was listening to me uh, yeah. during my YFM days. So during those YFM days, I used to talk a lot about soccer and, and, you know, the rugby or whatever would be happening in terms of sport at that particular point in time. And Bridget said, listen, you like sport. And they in Renberg they're looking for females. Hmm. So can I hook you up with somebody? She did that. I made a couple of calls. I came through for, I went through for um, a screen test. They really liked me. And literally that's how my switch happened. And it became almost permanent in terms of sport when YFM fired me into it. <laughs> oh, okay, you went. I was trying to stay away from all the drama and everything else, but you. No, but, but literally, that's how the switch happened fully yeah. to me saying, okay, fine, let me sort of forget a bit about the entertainment side of things and see where this being a sports broadcaster will take me. Did you feel that you had to start from scratch, having built your name in, in the entertainment and a field? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Because. 
also being from an entertainment space, it, it took people a while. Because, you know, when you're in, in sport, as much as you can have fun and be jovial and, and whatnot, people still want you to be serious because you are speaking more often than not about facts. So when you're speaking about facts, there's only so much of fooling around that you can do. Um, so I had to literally prove that I'm not just coming from an entertainment space and I'm not here to waste your time. I'm here to give you the facts and, and, and you know, give you the lowdown of whatever it is that has happened. So it was a little bit tricky to get people's minds to now suddenly shift from Mpo who gets silly on radio to the Mpo who can be serious with regards to sports. Well, the lines are open, ladies, especially those who are aspiring women in sport. If you have any questions for Mpo, please, for Mpo, please call us on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 41391. And uh, we are able to take voice notes, by the way. So if you uh, feel, if you want to send a voice note, please feel free to send us a voice note on 061 107 uh, if you want to send us a voice note so please we've got a caller on the line uh, kaya good evening good evening to you Tavis, and good evening to paul as well greetings great paul i just want to commend you paul for your ability to really excel in such a very male dominated uh, fraternity so my question to you would be i am looking for your advice to that young girl who watches you who listens to you on the radio, who really does herself, but you really want to do this thing. So how can they really crack it in, in this sector? Thank you. Thank you, Kaya. Okay, Tavi, so I think you're going to have to repeat that because I struggled to hear it. It's basically similar to what we spoke about. How do they crack it? Yeah. How do the young ones who want to make it? How do they do it? Oh, you know, I get this question all the time, and my biggest thing is always one. Make sure that you're passionate about it because a lot of, I realized a lot of people see the glamorous aspect of what we do and they all think it's, it's just glam and whatnot. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, there's a lot of statistics, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of preparation. So if you want to do this, you have to be passionate about it. And the moment you're passionate, it doesn't become a job. But when you're not passionate, it will become a job and you will find it tedious and you will find it very difficult. Um, also because whether you like it or not, you're a rose amongst the thorns, you know. Mm. So the guys sometimes kind of make it a little bit difficult, but a little bit difficult because they want to test, Guti, are you here because you really want to be here? Or are you here because you're looking for something glamorous or, you know, whatever the case may be? So I always say, be passionate, do your homework, be very, very prepared. And if you can, please go to school, equip yourself, because the moment you're doing a a journalism course, for instance, should radio not work out, then you have the background and the know-how to get into television. Should that not work out, then you have the know-how to get into print. You know, it teaches you, especially in this day and age where we are competing against social media, for instance. Now you know how to tell me a story I've seen on Twitter, but in a different angle. But if you have not gone to school to learn that or have not surrounded yourself with people who can equip you with that skill, it becomes very difficult to tell the same story, but from a different eye. And unfortunately, in this day and age, that's what we have to deal with. Don't tell me the same story I saw on Twitter the exact same way. What's your interesting aspect to it? What's another different way that I didn't actually look at the story? Because, you know, we can all be in one room uh, from a press conference, but the stories coming out of that from all different journalists will be this, will not be the same mm-hmm. because everyone sees something differently. So, you know, going to school will always equip you with that. Okay, lines are open, guys. 0891-104-207. That's our studio number. Uh, you can also send us voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. And our SMS line is 41391. We've got Zico on the line, another aspiring woman in sport. Zico, good evening. Ah, member, another inspiring woman. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Go ahead, mate. Thanks for calling us. You always teach us. Thanks for calling. Um, Oshin Paul, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Um, I'm very good, you know. 
I so wish whatever that is happening between the SABC and everything can come back because, like, <laughs> you are match inter- you, you are post match interviews whenever when you interview Renee, like, believe you me, that one always kills me. It always kills me. And like the professionalism, it's like you know, we even forget that oh, Kunje. Professionalism and and that stuff, you know, like you know, you inspire a lot. Even like from from me as a man, you inspire a lot of us. Keep inspiring us. You are an inspiration to many men out there. Okay. I like your your good work, and hopefully very soon we'll see you again on TV again. Thank you, thank you so very much. It's always thank inspiring you. to hear people saying that I inspire them. It makes me want to become better all the time. Thank you. Ah, oh, thanks, Ziko. You've helped me too because I wasn't sure how to get to that question about yeah, really? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I've got it through pass. So then, Mpo, how do you deal? How do you deal with the with the naive comments? I've seen some people saying, "Ah, you're only here because your husband plays soccer." Uh, blah blah blah, you know, and all of that. You know, it's always fun for me. Um, some of them are fun. Some of them are just a little below the belt. But, you know, when it comes to him, I I was also fully cognizant of the fact that there are people who might not have known that I exist up until the moment they found out that I was his spouse. Um, so I'm always aware of that. And, and to me, it's like, oh, okay, you probably just figured out that I exist now. But in terms of the professionalism, I find it a little easy because... For one, when he's on the field of play, at home he's not here yet, he's here to everyone else. So the moment I call him here, then I am in, this is a player, and I'm a, I'm a presenter mode, if I'm making sense. Mm. So I think that's where the professionalism comes about. And even with him, he would never call me in Politolonian. You know, that, that's a bit weird. So I think it, it's, it's just knowing that at that moment in time when we are on the pitch, he is a footballer and I'm a presenter and we respect that space. Mm. And you know, once we get off the field, I will. <laughs> Husband and wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Mpo, you also do radio and, and, and TV. Uh, what are the similarities be between these two mediums? Are there similarities? I think the biggest similarity is in the immediacy of it you know i'm fortunate enough to do television which is live um and and also radio which is live so everything that you do is very immediate but obviously the biggest difference is that when you're on radio no one gets to see the mess of the papers and whatever it is that you might be you know reading from or whatever the case may be so i i yeah that's that's about they're, they're similar they have their similarities but i find radio to be a lot more relaxed than television. Um, I find that when it comes to radio, you can be a lot more yourself than you can be on television, if I'm making sense. No, I hear you. And yeah. and what are your highlights so far in this field, whether it be TV, sure. whether it be radio? Yeah, I've had so many. Um, I've had many. But the biggest one at the moment that comes to my mind is always 2018, um, the, the Russia World Cup final. Yes, Hosting that, you know, that was absolutely mind-blowing for me. Um, it, it, it was something that I never expected. It was something that I never thought would come um, at any point because, you know, whether we like it or not, we're still... Um, in a very patriarchal society where people feel there's certain opportunities that mainly go to the males. And when it does come to you and you get that through pass as a female, it's always, wow, it's a huge opportunity and you recognize it for what it is because you don't want to mess it up. You know, if I'm the first female to do something and I mess it up, then I'm closing the doors for every other woman that comes after me. So it's, it becomes a really huge thing. It's It's bigger than just that 90 minutes that I would be on TV or whatever the case may be. But also, I mean, um, having been to the Olympics in 2016, where I was in Brazil for a whole um, month, that was really, really fun. Um, I've gotten to interview some really, really interesting people like Samuel Ito, um, your DJ Drogba's when they were in the country. So I've had some really great moments that when I sit back, I'm like, wow. I, I got the chance to do that, you know? And sometimes working for the public broadcaster, those are opportunities, you know, Tadiso, that are not always open to us. Mm. So when they do come, 
you you literally embrace that moment. We've got a question here from Twitter from Tumi Jr. who wants to know if you've ever been asked for sexual favors in order to get a gig. <laughs> Fortunately, um, I don't know whether it's because most of my sporting career, I actually think most of my sporting career, there was always someone attached to me and that would be my husband. We've been together for eight years. So I think because of that, people have always respected him. Respected yeah, him. I was about to say, like, yeah. you don't mess with Mudimo Wabolo. You don't. You know what I mean. You don't even think about it. <laughs> exactly. So they've always respected that space. So no, I've, I've fortunately not ever been in a situation where I've had to, you know, either put my foot down or whatever, or even have that offer. It's, mm. it's never come to me. Do you hear about it, though, in the industry? Do you oh, know? definitely. Oh, definitely. I hear about it a lot. Um, because it's such a male-dominated space, it kind of comes with the territory. But it's in how you deal with it. You know, I, I've always thought it, it, it's not what's presented to you. It's how you receive it and how you deal with whatever's presented to you. So if you choose to want to, you know, get opportunities back door via via then that's up to you but unfortunately those kind of those kinds of opportunities very rarely last because you will only be there as long as Tabiso Musia is in that position of power for instance the moment Tabiso Musia moves away then what mm. you know so it, it it becomes a very short-lived decision because then you are constantly at the mercy of someone else and I don't think that's a position you want to put yourself in where you are only there as long as I'm in the good books of so-and-so. I'd rather be in a space because I deserve to be there and I worked my way into that position as opposed to feeling like someone somewhere is doing me a favor. And uh, Tinelo Murut is listening to us. She's one of our own here at the SABC, placed in Bloemfontein. She's looking forward mm-hmm. to uh, the rest of the podcast. She just caught the interview. On that note, Paul, what advice do you have then for these women that are sending us the emails, that are sending you the DMs, uh, that want to make it into, into this field and follow in your footsteps? You know what? Over the years, I've seen how the the industry has grown and become so vast and so different um, and, and diverse. And I'm liking the fact that a lot of women are wanting to own their own spaces. You know, the pie is big enough for everyone. Yeah. Don't ever look at a television or a radio station and say, there's too many females. There is no man that would ever sit there and say, there's too many men here, I can't get in. They always try and find their way in. So now we do the same. If you feel, listen, I can see Mpunsumanyani doing this, but I think I can do it 10 times better than her, then work your way to getting out of that job or one day working with me. I'd rather you work with me than getting me out of the job. <laughs> but, you know, work your way to us eventually being colleagues. Don't ever limit yourself because you are afraid. Take every and any opportunity that is thrown at you, but always remember that opportunity has to meet you when you are prepared. So always read those newspapers. You know, follow the Tagiso Musiyas of this world. Make sure that whenever he tweets about something, you are fully aware of what's happening in the I'm world. Sure, that's course. a good idea. But <laughs> if you insist, if you insist, then they can no, 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 follow no, I me. Do. I mean, also, I wanted to say before we finish, um, congratulations on the growth of the show. Thank you, thank it's you, beautiful thank you very to watch much. it grow. It's, it's, and I like that it's, it's somebody who is very passionate. You know, as much as we as females inspire other people, I'm inspired by a lot of males such as yourself. Great stuff. Oh, thank you, Umpo. It was a wonderful conversation. Time is uh, unfortunately uh, not with us, but thank you for joining us and please keep us updated with that seminar that you'll be hosting so we can share the details. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. One of our very own here at the SABC, very passionate, Umpo Litsolo Nyane, and really time is gone, guys. We have to go to news.